Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at uh, Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starville or at tu- uh, Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be weird, Robbie Falk, if Brupolo was in Wiggins. It would be weird. Shout out to um, former FBC Starkville youth minister, our good friend and listener. Neil Tullis, who is about to be the new pastor in Wiggins. Really? Yes. Coincidence. There we go. Well, congrats to Neil. We enjoyed a fine lunch with both he and Nathan Taylor, who is also an avid listener of this. They will both have very large heads after hearing their names on the show. But, uh, yeah. I'm sure there's something in the Bible about being humble. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We're going to miss Neil. And uh, good luck in Wiggins. I don't know what what we could call the uh, the coffee shop in Wiggins, Bruins, Bruins, Bruins. Yeah, yeah, know. sure. Why not? Well, but, you know, Wiggins is not very far from the beach. It's, it's quite close to Hattiesburg, kind of mm-hmm. close to New Orleans. So you can't really go wrong down there if you're looking for. Good it's a good food, location. Sure. Good location. Well, you can't really go wrong with for coffee. With Strange Brew Coffee House. So whatever kind of coffee you've got on the coffee machine you've got on your front counter, go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and place your order. Be shipped right to you and start every morning the right way with Strange Brew Coffee. We're just a couple of, uh, it feels like a few days until Father's Day. Guys, don't get stuck with that soap on the rope, the skin bracer uh, three-pack, some Old Spice. You don't want those things for Father's Day. You want brand-new Mississippi State maroon and white gear, and you get it from college corner two locations to serve you in the jackson area they're in ridgeland by fleet feet they're in flow by the half shell or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com what was that face this i i guess i just was caught off guard with the soap on the rope and the uh, skin bracer very old school father's day gifts right there now, my yeah. dad got some of those things my dad actually used skin bracer which if you're a younger person you're like what's skin bracer Back in the old days when all you had to shave was like the old double-bladed double, double bladed razor. You didn't have all these, these newfangled five-blade razors. So you just cut when, yourself to ribbons, basically. Back when men were men. Yeah. And then Skin Bracer was an aftershave that was, it was like Everclear. It was about 95 proof. It was all alcohol. And you would just slap that on your face. And it was so painful. Do people okay. still use, um, like, people under the age of 40 Use aftershave? aftershave? No, I don't. No. Use my dad still wears aftershave. Brute, to be specific. <laughs> yes, he's been wearing brute since like 1975. I think my dad did skin bracer and old spice. My grandfather was a chaps man. A chaps man. Yeah, 
I had a Tennessee fan ask yesterday if I was a Dapper Dan man because of my hair gel and my uh, picture. And I said, now there is no there is no hair gel. It's just all natural. And the you, flow you, is just You don't unleashed. use fob, damn it. That's right. There you go. Uh, Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. If you're looking for a great place to dine out this weekend, Humble Taco should definitely be on your list. Big patio. Enjoy the weather, have a margarita, have some chips and salsa or chips and queso, and get tacos like you can't get anywhere else. You can only get them at Humble Taco. Looking for a great spot for lunch? Why not Firehouse Subs? Head over there today. Place your order online with the Firehouse Subs app. It's ready within minutes. You pick it up, you go back to work, and you're piling up reward points to get free subs. Also, make sure you're following Firehouse Subs on Twitter. They are always doing deals that you can take advantage of there. They got locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Got a big show today. Long interview with Ben Garrett from the uh, the Ole Miss Spirit and uh, on three sports. We talked about the Egg Bowl. It is our first opponent preview. Robbie and I are about to dive on that right now. Then we'll talk a little crouton in the second half of the show. But Robbie, we are now 12 weeks away uh, from the start of uh, football season, which means we got to jump into the opponent previews. We always go back to front. That means we're talking Egg Bowl in, in July or June. You and I are going to talk about this differently than what Ben and I tried to do. I'll just go ahead and set you guys up for that. That interview was a different kind of interview. Um, this is a huge game. I mean, it always is. The Egg Bowl is always the biggest game of the year. You want to win the Egg Bowl. I don't make any apologies for my opinion on this particular game. But for Mike Leach in his third season, having not won one yet, and what appears to be a season where his, his team is going to improve and have a better record than they did a year ago, this game is absolutely vital for him here at Mississippi State. Agree or disagree? Agree. I, I feel like it's almost a must-win. I mean, if he wins eight games and loses the Egg Bowl, it's kind of hard to justify firing the guy. But six wins with an Egg Bowl loss – that's going to create a lot of dissension within the fan base. That's not going to be good. Um, you can't lose this thing three times in a row. You've mentioned it several times. I, I don't think there's a coach that has lost this three years in a row. And that's what he's facing right here. And there's that stigma that we talked about, which, you know, a lot of people say there's no correlation. That's, that's fine. But the stigma is around him that, Robbery games are not as important to him as it might be to the fan base. You know, we talked about the Apple Cup and just how terrible his record was in that. And we try to justify that a little bit with the the uh, difference in talent. But he beat some talented teams over his time at uh, Washington State. He really struggled to beat Washington. He needs to show that he can beat Ole Miss, and I, I think that he can. I mean, I, and a lot of that, you know, last year. I'm not going to blame him for how that game played out. It was raining. It was the, the absolute worst setup possible that could happen. He had, he had his team in position to score points, and they couldn't do it. The year before, that was what, it, was what it was. Mississippi State was not nearly as talented as Ole Miss, and they were more experienced. And State was still in position. So I'm stepping back from the this game doesn't matter to him, and that's why they're losing narrative. Right. But – if this becomes a trend and that is a problem for Mississippi State, you have to beat Ole Miss as a, as a head coach here. That's right. that's part of the deal. You have to win this game. And you, you can't. You don't have to win it every year, but you have to win this game 
enough. And so far, he hasn't done it. So this is a very, very important year for him. And it's going to come on the road against a team that is kind of an unknown right now. Who knows what that team's going to look like because there's so many question marks, but they have talent that they've infused into their program in this offseason. Those guys, if they step up and become who they can be, that can be a top 10 team. Or it can be a team that completely you know, self-destructs. I mean, who knows? So uh, a lot is going to be answered in the first few weeks of the season for Ole Miss, I think. So for Mississippi State, you know, and part of this, another part of this is Will Rogers, right? You know, what's his legacy? You know, being 0-3 in Egg Bowls probably wouldn't sit well with him. You know, he played really well two years ago, set a uh, single-game record. You know, people forget that, that, you know, getting lost in the the shuffle that State lost the game. But Rogers set an Egg Bowl record for passing yards in a game. Last year, you know, victimized by drops. Uh, the offensive game plan was just not great in that game. And Ole Miss just outplayed Mississippi State. He doesn't want to be 0-3 against the Rebels. You know, he wants his legacy to, to include carrying the Egg Bowl trophy off uh, the field, uh, as, as all Mississippi State quarterbacks do. So this game is, is just – it's important on so many levels. But it, it, like you said, it's already important. You know, we're taking the game that's already the most important game of the season – and we're adding more importance to that. Does that does that worry you as we as we get to November? No, not really. Just because I think you're going to have a, a veteran group, and you know it was, uh, you could tell how how difficult it was on Will Rogers last year that they couldn't win that. You know that this game meant a lot to him. He really wanted to win this ball game, and they couldn't do it. So uh, I, you know. I think that there's going to be plenty of motivation. I don't think it's going to be, you know, being too jacked up or anything like that because you're talking about a team that is going to be full of juniors and seniors. I feel like this team is going to be mentally prepared for that. But, again, I mean, they they just got to go do it. And that's something that they haven't – this particular group has not done that. Um, everybody else before them had. So it's a team that they have to figure out how to handle their emotions. I'm sure a little bit and and handle this ball game, but I think they're going to be prepared. What do you think about this Ole Miss team as we sit here in June? I, I think there's a lot of potential there to be really good. Uh, I think that there's, like I mentioned, a lot of question marks. The quarterback position is is huge. If that doesn't work out for them, then their their entire offense is shot, and that's. That's you know that's that's what this team and this program is built around with Lane Kiffin, is the offense. Um, I think that they'll figure it out. I don't foresee an offense as talented as last year's, just because of the quarterback position. I think you're dealing with a a uh, generational type quarterback in Matt Corral that was a veteran that had been in that system. Um, it's similarly to that at least. Um, not when Rich Rob was there, but, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that fit that system to a T and he had the talent level to really put up some big numbers in in that offense. Um, and then they had some great pieces around him as well. This team has got some really good skill position players. I I really like the guys they've added out of the portal. I think they're going to have some talented wide receivers. I think the offensive line should be solid. So, I mean, the pieces are in place talent-wise for this offense to be really good. 
the question is really the quarterback position. Is Jackson Dart going to step up? Because I, I love Luke Altmyer. I've watched him since he was in ninth grade. I feel like he can make just about any throw. I think Jackson Dart is a more skilled quarterback. I think their, their ceiling is higher with Jackson Dart. But I'm just not liking what I'm hearing in the offseason about him. And, you know, he, he didn't just set the world on fire to, at USC. I, I didn't understand the five-star rating in the portal for mm-hmm. a guy that's proven nothing. And now that's being backed up in the spring where he wasn't able to come in and lock that down. Yeah, And I, I think Luke Altmaier was playing well, but Jackson Dart, with the hype that he's getting, he should be able to come in and win that job right away. And he, he couldn't do it. He struggled to do it. So I, I think we've put, not me, but I think our network and other networks have put way too much on this Dart kid to be something that maybe he isn't. And um, that could spell a, a lot of issues for Ole Miss, but they've got to get the quarterback position locked down I think the, the front, their schedule really helps them because the schedule is just awful. It's weak. Yeah. On the front end. And it's going to allow them to get some confidence, get some playing time. I think by the end of the year, they should be solid. But I don't see this team resembling last year's team as much. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the, the battle line is they have a ton of questions. If they answer the questions and they have good answers, this could be an eight, nine win football team. If they if they aren't good answers and they you know they can't figure out the quarterback position and all these transfers they don't step in and, and play well then they're they're going to struggle to get to you know seven eight wins maybe you know maybe even struggle to get to seven wins so we'll see what happens but this this game for Mississippi State when we get there in in November you know I think State will be either eight seven and four or eight and three coming into this game and. It's going to leave a the, the the taste will be so bitter if you especially it doesn't matter what the situation is state could be nine and two coming in state let's say state plays way above its head and, and they only lose to Alabama and Georgia losing this game is is going to burn regardless three straight Egg Bowl losses it it hasn't happened for Mississippi State since what oh two oh three oh four and you know you change coaches in the middle of that so. When we get to this game, it's going to it's going to be one that you know sort of defines what Mike Leach is going forward uh, at Mississippi State. Let's go to this interview that I did now uh, with Ben Garrett. He runs. Uh, he talks about Ole Miss for the uh, the Ole Miss Spirit or on three sports. Long interview, a lot of some some personal moments in there as well. But we do get a lot of good information about the Ole Miss Rebels. So we're 12 weeks out to the start of the college football season uh, here in the state of Mississippi. And if you're a longtime listener to Thunder and Lightning, or even going back to the days of the B&B show, you know that when we do our opponent previews in the summer, we start at the back end and we work our way forward so that when we get to week one, we're talking about week one, which means we talk about the Egg Bowl in June, which means that Ben Garrett from the Ole Miss Spirit on three sports is here with us. A man. So with- what music was playing? What theme song was playing in your brain? Mm-hmm. Wrestling when you when you started to say Ben Garrett, hey, you won't like it, but it's Triple H's. I don't like Triple H. I know you, you know don't. I know, I know you don't. But you know that's 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 the right <sighs> time I'm, to play the game is not what ca- I thought. It's not. I'm not giving you Flair's theme song. I'm not. I'm just. Well, not. no. Oh, absolutely not. I was thinking more like Scott Hall, R.I.P. No, no, no. Come on, you're not. No, no. I would be Razor Ramon. I think no. like right for no, what we're cool. doing right now. Hold on. I know this is your show, but you invited me on voluntarily. Yeah. You invited, invited me on. Yeah. 
I, and for this show's purposes, I am NWO black and white. So does that make me the Wolfpack? Am I Nash? What I don't know. Whatever is good, whatever sting. is the face in this rivalry right here. Uh-huh. I'm what's the worst deal you can think of for for like you're in a nice relationship. You being state and you make and you put all of your hatred if I don't and everything give you about all this into me. And you've yeah. always done this. It's really easy. Said, hey man, I'm not as emotional about this stuff as you are. You go, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Like you forced me into these roles. So now that I'm on your podcast, all right. You've been on my podcast many times. This is not a first-time event. Right, right. But now that we're renewing a rivalry, yeah. what am I? Who am I to you? If I, well, you know, I I always say that, you know, it's it's the the common man, because it's Mississippi State Ole Miss, right? It's the common man versus sort of... If you call me an elite, I swear to God. The elite. The rich So, I won't give you... Oh, I'm MJF! No, 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 you don't know. If you're going to do that, if we're going to do that, you're not getting flair. I, I'm Dusty Rhodes, which would make you Tyler Blanchard. Try again. That sucked. Tyler Blanchard, if you will. Try no. Try the, no. You are not Dusty freaking Rhodes. I am the American <laughs> Dream, the son of a plumber. My dad sold insurance, but still. Bring it more modern. We get it. You're a you're well, a better. More modern was was Austin Triple H. You are not Austin. I'm, I'm a redneck. I'm a state fan. You right? are not Austin. No. I like beer. Well, I like beer. You're not Austin. No, you don't get to be Austin. You don't get to claim Austin and make me Triple H. That's crappy. You don't get to tell me how I how I view things. Hey, sir, sir, you have to get my consent in this feud. And well, you then, have not asked me. I'm Dusty Rhodes, and you are either you can be Ric Flair or Tully Blanchard. I'll let you pick. Oh, well, no, you said I can't be Rick. You're not getting that theme music in my Do you know who I think? Okay, we're we're getting off the rails. I'm sorry. This is your show, man. Hey, you know what? I missed you. You good? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I check in on you every now and then. Bull. Bull. Okay. I'm going to go through my phone here, and I'm going to see how often it's you texting me first. First of all, which one of us listened to the other one doing their job and pay them $100 as they were doing their job just on, like, a Tuesday. Who else did that? When's the last time you listened to any of my stuff? Read any of my stuff? Huh? Uh, I was listening I'm to not on a, the radio. I'm not a member of On3 Sports. so I don't You don't have know. to be. You can listen to my podcast, Talk of Champions, which can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. You can do I that. I would have given you all this inf- information, but you just jumped right in on it. <laughs> what did you expect to happen? I don't know. I don't ever know what to expect with you. See, it's, you it's, signed up for this. It, it, it's it's fun. And when I when I interview Richard Cross, he tries to have this same repartee with me, but it doesn't work. It's, it's not, not the same. same. It's not. It's same. He hasn't had the same shared miserable experience. Yes, of he hasn't gone through the grind. He doesn't know he doesn't what we've know. done. We've gone through some muck, man. We we went the hell and back. <laughs> so really. Really, this is kind of a tragic so we'll do rivalry. Is, after the after the, the 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 interview here, we'll circle back and hop on a call. Well, sir, we'll, oh boy, we'll oh hop boy. on a call and uh, <laughs> somebody reached out to me recently in regards to the stuff we're hinting at that only the truest like OG fans would oh, know. We're talking about that as soon as we hit, as soon as I get done recording. And I immediately texted you and I said, Hey, what should I say? Oh, oh that was that thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Did you yeah, did that I, ever go anywhere? No, I, I just okay. didn't. I just, I just yeah, ignored it. Yeah. Right. Well, because like you handle things better than I do as far as right. when I get mad at somebody, you know me, I either explode or I just stop talking to them completely. So the sa- safest, healthiest way 
for me to deal with that in my new mature state is to just ignore. Right. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, it was it was <laughs> going to go bad. I, 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 yeah. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. So really, our rivalry is now tragic. These are two best friends that are forced into best. a rivalry to entertain the populace. It, I've been saying that for years that it's a kayfabe rivalry. I but wish you, you did it. I, I wish you would lean into it. I love more. you. I wish you would lean into it more. I wish you would every so often just be like, you know what? I'm going to randomly take a shot at Hey Dad for no reason. I feel like me and Robbie Falk can have that kind of relationship. You and I, we, we can't, I just have too much of a soft spot for you. I hear you. I, I couldn't have that kind of rivalry with you. I can't lean into the kayfabe. I wish you would. It'd be, it'd be really funny. Okay. Ask um, me Ole Miss stuff. Let's do that then. Egg Bowl. Right. You know, w- when Robbie and I talk about this, and we haven't recorded yet, but obviously our focus is losing three straight Egg Bowls would be disastrous for Leach. Hilarious for your and I's relationship, though. Yes. Because I, yeah. I know how much it would bother you. It wouldn't bother me at all, but how much it would bother you thinking that I was bothered. Would what, be what, bo- the, what bothers me is that you won't admit that it bothers you. What bothers me is that you really want me to care like you. You, you do care like me. You just... It's see, y- 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 y'all, y'all see this, right? Y'all listening? We can't see it. You're listening, right? You see, this is what it is. It's crazy. Deep inside. It bothers you. Anyway. Did it bother you that Mississippi State didn't make the postseason or because they won a title? Like, somebody said that to me. They're like, oh, no, who was it? I read it on Twitter. Yeah. And some, somebody goes, oh, the two best programs are the same. I'm like, dude, State won a title last year. I want you to win a title. My Braves fans completely changed. I don't. Live and die by every game. Now, I, my mood right. doesn't change every day. But that's they said, won if the, the, if the Braves the don't make the postseason this year, I'll be disappointed. I won't even be disappointed. It's like, okay, they won. They did the thing. So, like, as a so state for person, me, for me, it was disappointing not to make the post the postseason. But they won a title. No, no, they no, did look, the thing. I'm not. I'm not. It's not like disappointing. Like, I think they should fire Lamonis and and burn down the stadium. I'm just saying. It's just that the ultimate Trump card. So I would like, like to have had a chance to see State defend its title. Yeah, I get that. I get it. But for any fan out there that tries to go, oh, the two best, like, come on, dude. You don't have a leg to stand on. Well, yeah. I mean, they won a title. You know, Georgia won the national title this year. If they go to the Liberty Bowl this year, they're not going to be happy about that. That's crazy, though, isn't it? Yeah. They accomplished the feat. They right. accomplished the goal. But then it becomes staying on top, you know. Rick Flair uh, said that once. It's, be, it's not just uh, oh, being the man. It's staying the man. Dang. Man, that's a good point. Okay, you win. All right. All right. All right. From, a, from an Ole Miss perspective, we were talking about this game the other day on Sports Talk Mississippi, and an, uh-huh. early, an early line came out, and I think Ole Miss was like a seven-point favorite. And There's already an early line for the Egg Bowl? Yeah, yeah. So it was from a fan duel or something. Oh, good Lord. And the comment I made was this. I said, Ole Miss is a team right now in June uh-huh. that has a lot uh-huh. of questions about it. You don't, you don't know a lot about Ole Miss. That's fair. Yeah. When you get to November, if, you, if those questions are answered and they're good answers, yeah, I could see Ole Miss being a touchdown favorite in this game. So let's start with the questions that Ole Miss has, and let's start at the quarterback position. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that Jackson Dart was going to walk in there. I thought Luke Altmaier would be in the transfer portal by now. Lost his job, moving on to the next. Instead, it's, it's a real competition, and it's, it's up for grabs when they get to fall. Is it not? Yes and no. Okay. Um, I think Jackson Dart's going to be the quarterback. And I think because of their early season schedule, they can afford to rotate two quarterbacks. And I think Luke did have a better spring objectively than Jackson Dart. But which one of those dudes has the most money invested in him? 
And there we go. So I, I just think that if there isn't that much separating them, that what will ultimately happen is they'll go with the one that they made the biggest investment in. But I do think that Luke and Jackson are neck and neck right now. But at the end of the day, if Luke continues to be better, this much better, like he was that much better than Jackson, he was just obviously better and more consistent. He doesn't have the same flashy plays as Jackson. Like when Jackson has a really good play, you go, oh, I see. I, I see what they were getting at saying this is like Matt Corral 2.0. I get that. Mm-hmm. But Luke doesn't have those kind of real flashy plays, but it's consistently leading an offense, which isn't as sexy, of course. But and, and if the goal is to win a national championship, then let me go with the upside over the safe play. But Ole Miss, I feel like, is, is good enough at other positions to where Luke could lead them to a really good season. I think Jackson's just got more upside. So I do agree that I thought coming in because of his reputation that Jackson would have been the far and away leader um, after the spring that had been so obvious, but it wasn't. And the difference is that Luke, they were going to always treat the quarterback battle as a two-man battle between Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart, even if it wasn't necessarily so, just because they, you know, kids can get in the portal at any point. Mm-hmm. So let's keep the kid happy, keep him on campus. But now it's a legitimate competition. And that's the really fascinating part about it is that you consider all the other dynamics of it, which is born of NIL and the transfer portal. And yet when you get to August, yeah, we got a quarterback battle on our hands and it's going to be fascinating to watch. And now, um, well, I do think that I was with you initially. I thought Luke would be in the transfer portal because Jackson was the guy. He's the guy that they committed all this time and money and effort into. And uh, Luke just did better than he did in the spring. It's a legitimate competition, and it won't be settled until a couple games in the year because their schedule affords that. How much were you uh, maybe unable to determine things in the spring? Because Ole Miss's receiver room was just like a mash unit. Yeah, oh, Yeah. Yeah. Do you really learn anything legitimately in Springs anymore? It depends. It depends. Like, like I think Ole Miss learn? could have learned if, if, if Ole Miss's receivers were healthy mm-hmm. and, and you had the full complement of guys out there, you could have learned a lot more about this QB battle. Whereas for State, I mean, it's Will Rogers. He's the guy. Yeah, that's a really good point because there's two guys coming in in Malik Heath. Well, who's the other one? Uh, I guess it would be Jalen Robinson because Deion Smith didn't qualify. So they got two guys coming in. And they got the that, kid from uh, yeah, Jalen Robinson. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, Jalen Knox went through the spring, but he got banged up, and they loved right. him last year during practices. So they don't know anything. You're right. They don't know anything about their wide receivers yet because they didn't have their full complement of wide receivers. They didn't even know who all was going to be in the room. They thought Deion Smith was coming in June, and then he doesn't make his grades, and he goes to Juco. So Malik Heath, who honestly, honestly, I'm not just saying this because it's a Mississippi, Mississippi State podcast. I don't know much about Maliki. What's the scouting report from Maliki, Mr. Mississippi State guy? I will tell you the same thing I told Richard and Michael. On the show. And don't do the whole, like, he's gone now and I hate him. No, no, no. I would just say this. If you're expecting Maliki to make this big impact, I think you're, you're overstating it. Uh, What's the best case scenario for Maliki? He's your fourth or fifth leading receiver. That's best case? I think so, yeah. I mean, oh. he was in the most pass-friendly offense in the world. And was State's, what, sixth, seventh leading receiver? No, that's a good point. That's fair. And, and, I mean, again, and and, and look, I'm not one of these guys, you know me, that when you have off-the-field issues, you haven't met both schools. You haven't met everything. Did you still hate C.J. Johnson? Stop. (laughs) You know, when I was putting this interview together, I was like, it's going to be difficult to keep him on track. (laughs) It is. I am not a fan of C.J. Johnson. I know. Um, It's whatever but anyway point is you're right wide receivers they don't know 
They yeah, and then you had some off the field issues you. with Heath here at Mississippi State. So it's about keeping, you know, keeping him on the straight and narrow. There's, there's, there's a lot going on there. If, if Heath caught 30 passes for you guys this year, I think that would be you, – you should be pleased with that investment. Okay. So then, then that means that Robinson from UCF has to be the number one guy like he was down there. Why can't Mingo be. be the number one guy? Because he can't stay healthy. Just he that ship has sailed? Well, he can't stay healthy. Why can't, Same thing it, with Braylon it, Sanders. He just, they, he what about Daniel Jackson? He just, he just can't do it? Well, Dennis Jackson just hasn't put production on the field. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had – occasional like flashes of it but at some point you are what your numbers say you are and they and Dennis just hasn't done it to this point and uh in a world now in college football where it's truly what have you done for me lately what how can you as a casual observer or even someone like me who covers every single day go oh yeah Dennis Jackson he's the guy he hasn't done it yet Jordan Watkins has but he wasn't particularly impressive in spring yet he's getting to know the offense new offense everything and he also got banged up it's all about injuries man and they get Jonathan Mingo healthy and Jalen Robinson is as good as they think he is for the slot. And Malik Keith can give him, I guess, fourth production. And the third guy could be a Dennis. Or they love Braylon Brown. Brandon Buckhalter was pretty good in the spring. I love J.J. Henry. I think that kid at some point is going to be really good. Jalen Knox, they loved him last year, but he was banged up in the spring. So it's all about getting healthy. So then of- you can start seeing the path, right? But there's just too many unknowns. You just don't have a guy. Right. Like, even when Braylon Sanders couldn't stay on the field. When you were talking about Ole Miss's wide receivers last year, you knew Braylon Sanders. Yeah. Who's that guy for Ole Miss this year, right now? Right. You don't know. I don't know. So that's the, I think the wide receiver is the biggest question mark going into the fall. I think everything else, quite honestly, outside of linebacker, I could, I could have some um, questions about that. But I think for the most part, everything is pretty settled. And that's shocking considering that they just lost their quarterback. They lost their entire running backs room. They lost Sam Williams, one of the best edge rushers, and now finally the Dallas Cowboys have an <laughs> Ole Miss Rebel on their team. Yeah, I know you're happy. My favorite player is is Dak Prescott, and I can't fully embrace him because that people like you say Ben, you can't. You, you I, I do not say that. Yourself. I don't. You say, that. say Ben, you can't love Dak. You can't I don't do say it. that. Never uh, say that. Whatever. Never say it. Always, Whatever. whenever Dak makes a big play, I'm always texting you like, "There's your boy Dak." Yeah, that's true. Initially, I think it was, "Oh, Ben, you can't own, you can't have him." Like, no, it was, it was more like questions. It was like, "Can you embrace Dak Prescott?" Yes, so, yes. I, I'm, I'm He's not a Mississippi State boy. Even if he was, I don't care. Anyway, moving on. You do, you do care. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Williams. Mm-hmm. I thought that outside of the play of Matt Corral, which was spectacular last year. The, the what got Ole Miss to 10 wins was defensively they stopped yes. being a pusher. Yes. Sam Williams, Chance Campbell, those guys were huge difference makers for, for Ole Miss a, a season ago. You, you want a scorching hot take? Sam Williams was Ole Miss's most important player last year. I'm, I'm, I would disagree because, I mean, when you have so a franchise quarterback, so he's always – not It's not hot. I'm, I'm just saying. But – Okay. That. Those guys are gone now. Right. DJ Durkin's yeah, gone. DJ Durkin's gone. He's at Texas A&M now. Uh, you know, he and Ross Bjork are hanging out riding tricycles or doing God knows what. What is this? Whole- <laughs> I always take that shot if I can. What uh what is Ole Miss? What do the Rebels look like defensively this year? Linebackers a question mark. Um, they like Troy Brown, the transfer from Central Michigan. Ashanti Seastrunk really came on toward the end of the year. He's the, probably their best veteran. They love the upside of Austin Keys, but he can't stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, they like what he could potentially be. 
Uh, but losing Mark Robinson and Chance Campbell, that's that's a heavy that's a heavy bit of attrition from your linebacker room, um, your two leading tacklers last year. But defensive line, I think they got real depth. Sam Williams losing him sucks because he was the best edge rusher, one of the best to ever come through Ole Miss. But you have Cedric Johnson, you have Jared Ivy, Kari Coleman, transfer from TCU. Jared Jared Ivy's a transfer from Georgia Tech. Um, Demond Clowney, huh? You keep saying that word. What word? Transfer. Yeah, because that's college football now. Hey, if y'all want to like live in the past, live with the dinosaurs, and just go to Liberty Bowls and Music City Bowls, sure, criticize the thing that everybody's doing who's, now. Who's criticizing? You. You sounded. You had a little bit of like a. It's, a, it's a, just a interesting. Tone. I have a question about it in a minute, but okay, it's just right. you know every. It's, it feels like you know. Quarterback. Wait, are we not almost done with this podcast interview? We've been going for like 15 minutes, haven't we? Yeah, but but like eight of it was you ranting about God knows what. <laughs> Look, you asked me. Which is what you're doing part. now. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. The okay. Ole Miss defense. Uh-huh. Better, uh, the defensive worse, line. What do you think? I, I think about the same, honestly. I think okay. Chris Partridge will take a few more chances defensively. Um, I think DJ, because it, I think it's justifiable, um, justifiably so. He was um, kind of risk-averse when he got here because of how bad Ole Miss had been. I mean, Ole Miss was historically awful. Truly, like, mm-hmm. ungodly awful. You couldn't script that bad of a defense. And yet, they were that bad. So, I think he was a little more risk-averse. I think Chris Parsons is going to take a few more chances, and he's got better personnel in the margins than DJ did. He doesn't have the top-end proven production that DJ did with Chance and Mark Robinson and Sam Williams, but he has depth of options, and I think that'll be big for him. So, I think they'll be about the same. And in the secondary, they're really strong. Like, that's the difference with this group compared to past Ole Miss football teams. Uh, DeAndre Prince is really good. Miles Battles come on and really developed as a strong um, cornerback prospect for the next level, quite frankly. A.J. Finley being back, um, I think they expected to lose him after last year, and that's a veteran presence. Uh, great, solid safety. Maybe a little limited in what he could be upside-wise, but he's been proven production. You'd have that and take that every single day. They love the Darius Tennyson, the transfer from Auburn. Um, they love Ishim Young. I mean, that's a all-league caliber player from Iowa State uh, that transferred in, but he broke his jaw and didn't participate in spring practices. So a little bit of a question mark there. They got a lot of options in the secondary. So I think while there isn't the same kind of headline or maybe, uh, you know, headline-grabbing guys like Chance Campbell and Sam Williams, whatever, um, they they have depth of options that DJ just have. And I think Chris will take more chances, which will lead to potentially more big plays. All right, let's talk about transfers. Just this Great. Is more of a big picture kind of question because neat. I, I don't know how many Ole that got this year. A lot. We'll just say a lot, right? And, I think and, I think it was like fourteen. Okay. My question is is sort of this, and, and this is a question coming from, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> coming from like I, I genuinely don't know the answer. Okay. How do you do this every year? Because it feels like once you've got these guys and they're transfer in and they're locked in now. Dart right. is locked in for three, four years. Trig is no, he's not. He's locked in for two, dude. Stop. Isn't he a freshman? No, he's a sophomore. But he has a hold on. He doesn't have a COVID year. Yeah, but he's not going to be here for okay, that. I'm, I'm just saying though. But he, he, what I'm saying is, he can't transfer out at the end of the season. Right. Trig can't do that. All these guys that can't do that. How do you sell? I mean, this year was an easy sell, right? Almost lost a lot of starters, so it's it's like, hey, come in, you can play. 
Next year when these because they're going to lose a cornerback, they're going to lose. There's always going to be a position to sell that about. I mean, quarterbacks. Is well, what happens when you have a year like Mississippi State this past this this upcoming season? Right, they returned 17 starters. Mm-hmm. Now they went out. Well, the then portal. you can't be at, you can't be as crazy active in the portal. That's my question: Is are they going to have years where they're not hitting the portal as hard in the in the near future? Well, I don't know how Mississippi State goes about what we call processing guys. Mm-hmm. Like Nick Saban will sit somebody down and say, "Look." You're not going to play. You can, they, can't, they can't, by NCAA law, look at a kid and say, you don't have a spot anymore. I mean, that scholarship is binding, right? Right. So when, they, when we talk about processing players, Nick Saban sits down and says, look, we love you, whatever, but you're not going to play. Here's the path. We've got these guys coming in. You, you, we'd love to still have you, but look, if you want to explore your options, that's the And nine times out of ten, kid explores his options and he leaves. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how Mississippi State does it because you say you got 17 stars returning. Well, if Mike Leach could improve on even Will Rogers, you think he wouldn't do that? Lane Kiffin just sits these kids down and says, "Listen, this is what the reality is for you. Here's the spot. Here's what we've got coming Man, in." State's had plenty of guys hit the portal. I mean, they, they've definitely right. processed some guys. Okay, then then you're always going to have spots then, Brian. But there's a difference between processing guys and processing starters. State didn't, I don't think, process processed any guys. Okay, well, Tylen Knight was a starter last year, but are you thinking, dang, Ole Miss lost Tylen Knight? I mean, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But they got Ladarius Timpson and Aishim Young. Okay, well, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so what are we talking about? What do you I mean, I don't know. Else? I don't, I don't know who Ladarius Tennyson and Aishim Young are. I'll well, Aishim Young was an all league caliber player, was I think all freshmen in whatever Iowa State's conferences. Are they the big, what are they? Big, big what? Big 12, yeah. Oh. So, I mean, I mean, I've never seen the kid play. I have player. to watch him play first before I can make a, a judgment. Okay, I've seen yeah, Tyler Knight fine, and I was like, freaking player. Yeah, but when you when I tell you Ashim Young was like the leading tackler or one of the leading tacklers for, for Iowa State and he was an all-league caliber player, you would go, oh, they improved on him. Feels like it's a good, feels like it's a good player. Okay, all right. But you know as so, well as I do that there's a difference between anywhere in the SEC. I agree with that, yes, so, I do. So Tennyson coming from Auburn, at least you feel like. But that's what I'm talking about with depth of, depth of options. You right. You've replaced Tyler Knight with Aishim Young and Darius Tennyson to transfer don't, from Auburn. So if you're meeting your SEC criteria, well, there's Ladarius Tennyson. Don't think for don't think for a minute that I'm criti- critical of, of Kiffin's policy. I, I, I the transfer. Portal it really- sounds like you want Leach to be more active in, in the portal. No, not this year. I thought I thought they did a good job of, of filling the needs that they had. They needed some depth in the secondary. They went out and got two corners and three. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right. I don't know who, and this is, again, not trying to be funny. Right. Who is State's running back? Uh, they brought back Marks and Johnson. Okay. He was the starter last year? They were both starters last year, yeah. Okay. Um, if you could have gotten Zach Evans, though, mm-hmm. do you think he would have been an improvement over these guys? Can he catch? Yeah. Then or how about the one that went to – take Zach Evans out of it. Okay. kid from Georgia Tech that went to Alabama. Alabama? Yeah, J- J- what was it? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just that simple. Gibbs. Can they catch? Jameer Gibbs? Jameer Jamar Gibbs? Yeah. Can they yeah. catch? Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Would you still think that – would you take that talent over one of those kids? It's free agency, Brian. It's the I, same I thing like – No, I get that it's free agency. But yeah. Marks and Johnson are plenty good, in my opinion. So why why would I go after them when I need I have needs elsewhere? Sure. Yeah, and Ole Miss had needs at running back. The they did. No, they absolutely did. They lost yeah. all three guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I get, I'm not, I, again, I'm not trying to be critical of Kiffin. I think his, his strategy was a good one. I do think, I, and I got into it with some Ole Miss fans on Twitter 
on signing day, the, the whole idea that he had a crappy high school class because he was going to go out and get great transfers. You could have both, man. You could have a good. He didn't have a crappy high school class at all. It wasn't great. Kidding me? Are you going to the what? It wasn't great. No, but because they didn't have, they only took like a handful of kids. But that's not my, that's my point. That was my point that I was trying to make. Was they only took a handful of kids, right? They could have taken a handful of better kids. Like the whole idea that oh well, or hear me out. Let me get the player that actually actually can help me right now. Again, you're 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 missing my point. I don't know what the point is. You're trying to my make. My point here. is all right. So Ole Miss on signing day, they signed like 14 high school kids, right? Something like that. I don't remember. And it was made out as like, well, this is part of a bigger plan, right? Okay. Okay, you see where I'm going? Maybe. But on signing day, if Jaheim Otis, okay, if Trevion Williams, if uh, what was the kid from DeCarlos De Nicholson, if yeah, what's the kid from State, the defensive lineman from Tupelo? Was it uh, 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 yeah, yeah, the kid who flipped, Jacarius Clayton. No, 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 there's the other one. I'm thinking the one from the coast. What's his name? You think oh, of Trayvon Williams? He's from Crystal Springs. Trayvon Williams, yeah, I'm sorry. Trayvon okay. But if, right. if him, if uh, if for some reason Kamari Rogers had wanted to, had decided to flip to Ole Miss on signing day. They wouldn't have taken Kamari Rogers. Oh, that's bullshit. No, it's not. I'm just going to drop a BS on you there. It's not. No, it's not. the top-rated defensive back in, in the show, state. Let the record show, if I'd have said BS, you would have – Gotten on to me, said, said Paul's, you can't say that, man. You can say what you want. It's this podcast. But anyway, no, I, my, 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 point, my point is, they, 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 they were after that kid from, uh, was he from Maryland who ended up signing with Michigan? Oh, yeah, for sure. But what I'm saying, Corey, it, it is an individual thing. I can tell you exactly why off the air. I'm not going to say it publicly, but like, I know why they weren't going to take Corey. But regardless of all that, what I'm saying is, Ole Miss on signing day, there were seven or eight. Four star, four star kids. The kid, the other kid who signed with state, Percy Lewis, the Juco tackle. They would have taken him. They would have taken all of those guys. They just didn't sign them. So the idea that he didn't sign them intentionally isn't correct. Oh, that's true. It could have been a bigger class for sure. Right. He would have taken every guy we just listed, Kiffin would have taken them. But there's also would have readjusted his transfer policy however he had to do it. But also the math didn't change anyway, because there are a couple of kids that right. I don't think well, it doesn't matter because the math didn't change now because you can sign over, you know, whatever you want to do. So, sure. regardless yeah. of that. All right, let's let's get back to Ole Miss this this season. <laughs> we, we only have a few minutes left to, to talk anyway. Is there a time limit? Why? Because, well, I mean, we can we, we have to start another Zoom. Oh, oh, wow, okay. So, you only get 40 minutes. How uh, long? We've been talking for 31 minutes. Oh, good Lord. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead. It's your fault. Um it, I said on Sports Talk, we were talking about Ole Miss and, and some win totals. I said, look, 10 wins is not happening this year. It's just not. You, Ole Miss had its first ever 10-win season regular season in school history. And, you, and look, the last two times in this state, a team has lost a true NFL quarterback, right? It's only it's happened twice in the last 20 years. Ole Miss lost Eli Manning. They went from 10 wins to four. Mississippi yep. State lost Dak Prescott. They went from nine wins to six. You're going to drop. So what's the range for Ole Miss this year? What's what's the ceiling? What's the floor? Um, the only counter argument to that they're not going to win ten games because I, w- I would I'm you always gone a little bit more forceful and definitive with your statements like that. The only thing I would say Ole Miss because of its schedule, yeah, I could see it. It's not. I don't think it's going to happen. I can see it just based off. Oh yeah, team comes together and all this kind of stuff. That would mean a lot of things. Pretty much everything went right 
to really get to 10, 10 wins. That's, that's hefty, right? That's yeah. So I agree with you. I, I don't think they're going to win 10. Um, but I'm not saying that, oh, there's no chance in hell they're going to win 10. Yeah, they could win 10 games. Sure, they could. I mean, the schedule's soft like that. When is, how many times does Dan Mullen schedule really easy schedules? So they always just stacked up six wins. Now I only got to get three or four more. I see what you're saying. So uh, he's always getting those three or four more, though, because it usually involves Alabama, LSU, Auburn at their peak, Arkansas, when they were still good. Yeah, but Dan Mullen owned Hugh Freeze, didn't he? Okay, anyway, so. Oh, my God. See, but he doesn't care, y'all. Go ahead. (laughs) I think they're going to win eight games. Eight, okay. But you think the line set at eight and a half is good? I like that. Yeah, I I have Ole Miss. I, I think the Egg Bowl could be the difference. It's a seven, eight, nine kind of situation. I think both teams could come in eight and three. Winners nine and three. Loser is eight and four. They could both what come you, in seven and four, and winner is eight and four, and loser seven and five. What's your record for state right now? Eight and four. What are the nine cons? They got any really tough nine con games? No. Well, you know they lost to Memphis last year. So what are we talking about? But they they have Memphis at home. They're oh, at- they got that that bullcrap call against them, didn't they? Yes. Look at you. Even you can admit that. Yeah, uh, uh, they're at Arizona, and then it's Bowling Green and an FCS. You did the thing you do. You said, oh, even you can admit that. I I admitted it voluntarily. Like, why would you say, oh, even you? Why would I not? I agree. Because, again, it's not about, oh, state, yeah. This would I'm be such I'm a glad. great video interview. I wish we were I wish we were doing that. Because my, 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 every time I get you going, I just start laughing. Got a big smile on my face. I knew how much I Hey, Dad, but also, hey, Brian, hey, Dad. I hate talking sports with you. It's there you go, Dad. Just let it out. It's okay. It's Only okay. still do these stupid appearances. Well, not because like I'm like big time in him or something, because who am I? But it's because, you know, he gets me worked up about this stuff. And I love him, but he gets me worked up. I about know what buttons to push. Why did I do this? Why did I sit with you? I don't know. Give me, a, give me a June Egg Bowl prediction. Ole Miss is going to win because, I mean, I'm going to go with recent history. Okay. State. Mean, it's not unfair. And it can't be – you always go – well, it used to be you and I agreed with this. Mm-hmm. Like when we – what stuff? Oops. That's like saying Voldemort. The, the, the company that shall not be named. It shall not be named. We'll start with uh, a V. Same as Voldemort. All right. We used to agree that we would go in the Egg Bowl this early when we do these things in June, which is just absurd. Mm-hmm. We'd always – the home team because the home team would win. Right. Now, it's gotten away the past, you know, the states changed. won two of the last three in Oxford. All right. What's the through? What's the common thing we've, we've learned about the Egg Bowl lately? What's the thing now? It's not home team. What is it? It's with the coaches. I mean, it's, it's the, the way they prepare for the game, it appears. I mean, Mullen took it seriously, then Freeze took it seriously. I think Moorhead took it seriously. And not that Luke didn't, but. State was just better than Ole Miss those two years. Edwin was never in a fair fight as head coach. Right. And then, you know, like, Kiffin takes it seriously and, and Leach less so. Would you rather have Lane Kiffin or Mike Leach? Yeah, oh, man. Such a, Take the state out of it. The, the, Kiffin right now is the better coach. I mean, there's okay. no getting around that. The results think, bear that out. And if coach the uh, determining factor, than all big and it's in Oxford. And again, like I said, if if Dart grabs that job and starts slinging the ball all over the field like Corral, if Zach Evans and and I love his name Ulysses Bennett, right? I love that Ulysses 
is going to be leading the Rebels. I think that's kind of funny. Um, I recently bought WWE for PS5. It was really cheap. And I was like, man, I really need, I did the gimmick, the my career gimmick. I need a name. Uh, Ulysses Bentley had just committed and went, you know what sounds like a great wrestling name? Ulysses Bentley. Like MJF. <laughs> Bentley. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ulysses Bentley. Okay. But he but sounds like. If those guys are good, if if the all the tra- the receivers, you know, I give Kiffin the benefit of the doubt offensively, obviously. And then defensively, again, I just feel like almost doesn't have to be the number one defense in the conference. If they're the right. seventh best defense in the conference, they're going to win games. Who's the best defensive player for state? Ooh. Um, my first thought is Emmanuel Forbes. I don't know who that is. Where's he from? Grenada. Dang. I should know him. You should. He, I mean, Ole Miss recruited him pretty hard. Um, after, him, after him, depends on if Jordan Davis is healthy. He might be number two. I'm worried about State's defense right now. Should you be worried? Is that what you said? Kind of worried about State's defense right now? Am I kind of worried? Yeah. No. Okay. Arnett's Arnett's come in. You know he's a good coordinator. Talent-wise, they've got it. They've got guys there. All right, Mr. Objective, fine. Then we'll end it on this. Even though this is your podcast, I'm I'm, I'm exiting myself. You're you're ending it. Okay. Okay. Let let me ask you this. Sure. Take the Mississippi State out of it, you jerk. All right. It's the worst interview I've ever done. Go ahead. I think it's the most fun you've had in a while. If you had to pick Ole Miss's roster, currently Mm -hmm. constructed, State's roster, and the team in June that you think with those rosters looking at them on paper, who's going to win? Who would you pick? I I would pick State because, as we said at the beginning of this, there's so many questions about Ole Miss. I don't know if Dart is going to be a good SEC quarterback. I don't know if all these transfers are going to be good SEC football players. Where is Will Rogers going to finish as uh, greatest Mississippi State quarterbacks? Because it's Dak and everybody else, right? Right. So Dak will always be number one because of the Uh emotional stuff with him. I mean, his mom passed away while he was here. And plus, he took the team to number one. And also, you would let him marry one of your daughters. Well, yeah, he's got money. <laughs> I, mean, you, I would let a lot of multimillionaires marry one of my daughters. Once okay, of the, but, uh, of the, of the official marrying age. But what I would say with Rodgers is, even if he only plays two more seasons, <laughs> he's, he's eligible okay. to play three more. But if he plays two more seasons, he's going to be the all-time leading passer in college football. So where is he? I mean, he'll be number two. And he doesn't get dinged for being a Mike Leach no. offense. No, because what I mean right now, number two is is Nick Fitzgerald. Do I ding him for being in a quarterback run friendly offense? No. Who's number three? Where's Wayne Matkin? In my personal rankings, he would be fourth. So right now it's Dak, Nick Fitzgerald. God, who's third? John Bond. Okay. Yeah, John Bond was good. Yeah, and then then Madkin. But then Wayne Matkin was that dude. I love Madkin, don't get me wrong, but as a little kid, like little Brian, John Bond was like a god. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're a lot older than me. You're like I am. A dinosaur. I am. But, you know, you're the one who. <laughs> well, this was something. <laughs> I don't know how much of it I'll have to edit. We'll figure that out. Don't edit any of it. Just I leave it alone. For less than a minute here. Ben Garrett, the Ole Miss Spirit on three sports. Talk of Champions podcast at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Thanks for joining me. Love you, buddy. Bye. Bye. All right, thanks to Ben. Always appreciate that. I always feel like I need to clarify with Ben. Like, Ben is my friend. I like Ben. So, just want to clear that up. 
Um, do you? Do you though? I do. I do. What he, something he, he talked about in the interviews, the V Sporto thing that we went through together. That that would turn that'll turn any enemies into friends. We 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 suffered a lot for those those few years uh, while that while that was going on. Anyway, let's uh, move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner. Whatever you're looking to put on the grill this weekend, make sure that beef is a big part of it. Grab a couple of steaks, grab some uh, some burgers, or go big. Go big with a tri-tip or a or even a brisket, man. Whatever you're looking for, beef is the way to go. This is cooking out season. This is the time to be out there working the grill. Make sure that you're putting beef on the grill. Your family will thank you, as will the 15,000 producers of beef here in the Magnolia State. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find smoked southern soul food. That's the place to find Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk a lot of times, uh, too. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, 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 you know, I talk about it every, every show, and I tell you how great it is, and you guys have been listening. I mean, every time I can't go through a weekend, it seems like somebody tweeting at me or emailing me or just saying, hey, I went to Two Brothers this weekend, and you're right. It's just so fantastic. Guys, we, we appreciate you hitting up our sponsors i know they appreciate you guys out there keep keep it up continue to do it because every time you do it you're gonna have a great time at two brothers smoked meats great products and great service is something that every business promises you but who truly delivers on it who makes the difference that's advantage business systems they are difference makers in the service world every time you buy a product from them you're buying peace of mind because you know that when that product if it has any kind of issues that printer copier you have a, uh, an issue with, with your computers that they get you by. Anything you, you're getting from Advantage Business Systems, you know that they're just a simple phone call away. And not a 1-800 number where you got to be on hold and talk to somebody in a call center. A 601 number and you're talking to somebody here in this state. It makes the difference. And that's why they've been in business for 47 years. Their number is 601-362-9192. Or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Play the song, Robbie Falk. So, kind of, you know, I felt like this was kind of out of no- nowhere, Robbie, but Jordan Morant, a transfer from the University of Michigan. Uh, committed to Mississippi State on Monday night, former four-star safety, uh, top twenty, uh, top two hundred player uh, in the class of twenty nineteen. Uh, just like I said, I think we we had been talking about the transfer portal and been talking about how state's not done there, but this particular commitment sort of came out of nowhere for me. Were were you even aware that this guy was on Mississippi State's radar? Yes, uh, you know they were, they had been recruiting him for a while, but he kind of fell off the map because I believe he committed to Duke, and so I think there was a uh, there was a connection there with Matty Dudek whenever he was at Michigan, and Makes I think sense. that was yeah. that was kind of where all that came from. But he had gone to Duke, and you know, Mississippi State really wanted this kid, but he had decided to go elsewhere, and they I guess had just kind of he had kind of fallen out. But I guess came back available, and here he is. And I really like this because it now gives you an opportunity to build some depth below these seniors. You're, you got you got a couple of guys here with uh, both he and Hunter Washington 
that are going to have multiple years left. They don't have to come in right now and compete for starting jobs. So if they don't do that right away, that's not anything to be upset about. But what that does is it, it builds depth underneath that because there's so many seniors in that room, you're going to be losing a lot of talent. So I, I like this strategy from Mississippi State to get these two late pickups out of the transfer portal that can help them in years to come. And he might come in here and, and compete right away. I think he's a really talented kid. I'm just saying it's nice to have a guy that's got multiple years that you can stack some talent instead of just having, you know, one-year rentals or right. uh, these guys that are about to move out. And then, and like you said, you know, you're getting that with the secondary guys. Now, Jackie Matthews, I think, is a one-year dude. But Banks has got multiple years of eligibility. So does Washington. And now uh, Morant. Uh, can we call him Joe Morant, by the way? Why not? All right. I'm in for that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of funny coming off that interview where we talked about transfers, with, where I talked about transfers with Ben Garrett. I mean, again, uh, outside of missing at left tackle, and uh, State can still find a guy there. They obviously are still looking. But this is a very solid transfer group. You weren't – I don't think you had any opportunity – to go out and, you know, bring in the kind of transfers that Ole Miss did because you didn't have the, the opportunities available to you that, that Ole Miss did. You didn't have the starting spots up for grabs that Ole Miss did. Which but is you, something people continue to forget. Yes. But you went out, you needed a cornerback. You got two guys who were four-star guys in high school. And, look, that's not really all you can do at this point because you're not – state's not going to be like an Alabama and go get proven guys. You know, there's – they're going to have to take chances based off of recruiting profiles. But two four, former four-star cornerbacks and now a four-star safety, and Jackie Matthews is a guy who does have some proven potential. You needed a kicker. You went out and got that. You went out and got two former four-star wide receivers. I, if you're complaining about Mississippi State's transfer class, to me, I feel like you're, 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 you've got some Ole Miss Rebel envy there. That you're just looking at them. they got a bunch of shiny new toys. and You still have good toys. And your mom told you, hey, we have that at home. We don't need to buy a new one. That's what's, yeah. what's sort of happening here. Do you feel the same? Yeah, it's, that's exactly what's going on here. I mean, I think people have forgotten that Mississippi State had approached this a little bit differently, and they're kind of selective and, um, and, and who they're go, going out and getting. And Ole Miss, you know, they went out and they just, they just rated it. I mean, that most of their class is the transfer portal. So, I think, you know, that's the popular thing now is the portal and Ole Miss was making waves and Mississippi State was not, and that's put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. But when you look at it and you break it down, State went and they filled their positions at kicker and punter. You had to improve those areas. Nobody's getting excited about that, but that is that, those are huge pickups for Mississippi State. It could be the difference in a win or two. Uh, you went out and you got a few safeties. You know, Jackie uh, Matthews is going to compete for starting position and be an impact player for Mississippi State in the back end. You went and got two other guys that are going to help you there. You went and got two wide receivers that should help you as far as depth con- is concerned there. You got an offensive lineman. So, and, and now you're, you're going after another one from Texas A&M, I believe. So, you know, Mississippi State is filling their needs, and I think it's been a solid group. Has it been a top 10 group? No, but – I think they've done a really good job, and they've done a sneaky good job the last two years under Mike Leach getting players that are coming in here and competing and helping you win. I mean, look at what they did last year in the portal. I don't think that gets enough love. Makai Polk 
broke the single season school record record in receiving. So, um, and uh, you know, you look at Randy Charlton came in and competed right away. Jalen Green. Green. Yeah. So they've done a good job. I agree. Staying in the transfer portal, but we'll change sports here. This broke while we were recording. Somebody you had been talking about, not on this podcast, but on the 24-7 message boards. Uh, Mississippi State baseball picks up a grad – or not a grad transfer, a transfer from uh, Samford, whereas we all know one of the top players in the SEC came from Samford last year, Sonny Deshera. Colton Ledbetter is this young man's name. A season ago for uh, Samford, 318, 16 doubles, 16 home runs, 57 RBI. Kind of fits the bill for Mississippi State and, and what they're needing. Yeah, and – I. I, I tweeted this out, and this was the first thing that came to mind when I was looking at his stats. So, Sonny Deshara had arguably the best season of anybody in the SEC this year. I know that um, Dylan Cruz was the player of the year, I believe, but Deshara was an All-American this year. And we saw him last year and uh, when he came to Samford and kind of a novelty-looking guy, you know, a guy – Beer league softball player getting up there hitting home runs out of the yard. Well, he found some kind of new life at Auburn and just had a tremendous year. He was hitting the ball to all fields, hitting for power. He was incredible this season. But listen to this, Brian. Sonny Deshara last year, when he was really good for Sanford and he came to Starkville, hit a home run in the in the um, uh, regionals. Mm-hmm. He batted 273 with 53 hits. He had nine doubles, 18 home runs, 46 RBI. Ledbetter was second on the team, and he was a sophomore this year. Second on the team in batting average at 318, had 67 hits, was 14 more than Deshara. Um, and that's with, you know, Deshara had extra ball games to play in, in the regionals as well. 16 doubles, which is seven more than what Deshara had. Two triples, 16 home runs, just two less than what Deshara had. And he had 11 more RBI. So you're getting a pure hitter here, you're getting a guy that can hit for power a guy that can hit for average, um, and a guy that can really run. He's going to be able to defend in the outfield. This guy checks the boxes for Mississippi State, and you get at least you know one year out of him, but he's got a possibility to play three more years. So um, I really like this, this pickup. I think he's an immediate starter for Mississippi State next year, and uh, they're off to a good start in the transfer portal. It's interesting. that the, I mean, it's only two guys so far, but they have been exactly what you and I talked about. The best yeah. players on smaller teams. This I is where you got to live, man. It's going to look at to pick those guys off. I think. Look at all of these these impact transfer players around the country. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, who who was the uh, Michael Turner yeah. from from that Arkansas. guy's a loser. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, he's immediately made an impact there at Arkansas, no matter what that guy says. And the guy that came from Kent State, yeah. You know, um, and then you look at some of these other these other players. I mean, obviously R.J. Yeager here is the, the best example from Mercer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a a, a guy from um, LSU. I've, uh, gosh, I forget his name. He he was playing at like McNeese State or something last year, but yeah. he was a starter this year. Yeah. Texas A&M's getting guys. This is where you got to live. These are the players that have excelled on the on the smaller level that are looking for better. Opportunities. These are the players that are going to help you win ball games. Yeah, and I think State has nailed it with these first two. Still a lot of work to do. They they've got to go fill out this pitching staff. They've got a few more holes to fill um, in the field. I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of positional players that I would go after. I would go get a middle infielder 
I still think they need to go get a catcher unless you know Luke Hancock's coming back. Um, I would get probably one more outfielder, and then the rest of my guys would be pitchers. Because yeah. that's, that's yeah. really the most important thing. Yeah, no, no no question about that. So, so it should be a lot more guys, a lot more names coming for baseball uh, in the coming weeks. We'll continue to monitor that. All right, we'll talk uh, some football, some baseball, some basketball on tomorrow's show. We'll finish up the week, and, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Guys, have a great Thursday. And Robbie and I will be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Time to play the game. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.